Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, coming at you with volume 51. Now, it's been a little while since the last one. I just took a little, I wouldn't call it a break. I just have a lot of stuff going on. And this is more of a labor of love. And uh, yeah, just, you know, it's been a while and I'm back hoping to put out some more episodes. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.com, for all merch, all news, everything we got going on. Also, make sure to check out the full description to this episode for track listings and links to things we're talking about. So yeah, I took, a, I wouldn't say a little time off. I just have a lot of things going on now with the, the family and with my career. I'm making the move down to Orange County, Southern Orange County, about 15 minutes away from Doheny, which makes me really happy. And uh, we just need more space. I need a bigger house. Living in LA is not conducive to fully raising a kid as far as I'm concerned. You know, my wife and I don't come from the world of a lot of money. And uh, we also come from a world where we don't want to be working our asses off just to pay bills. You know, we want to live comfortably, we want to have time, we want to live stress-free. We obviously travel a lot and uh, have other expenses, so it just made a lot of sense to make the move. We found a community we really liked. I finally get a garage back, and I'm really excited about that, and possibly a backyard, and that's even better, so there'll be uh, uh, post-surf sesh barbecues with the usual crew. But you know, that's that's made me reevaluate a lot of things. I've decided now that I'm going to focus all my creative energy on the Bodega Border Crew rather than clients and uh, do something else for income. Uh, So that way I just grow this thing. I was spending a little too much time and energy with client work and not putting that creativity back into this. And this after all is I started this not only as a way to highlight the surf culture and scene that I'm into and that's going on, but also as an extension of my creative freedom. Being a creative director, a hands-on creative director, I wanted a project where I can really work on anything I felt like. And as you can see, you know, it comes to a podcast, video, merch, shows, events, DJing, the whole thing. Just wanted this to be a vehicle for that. And I was spending too much of my creative energy on client work that wasn't paying off and chasing clients around and stuff. So I found another career option that puts food on the table. I don't have to work as much, makes me happy. And then I could spend all my energy here uh, because a big part of it is we're getting under the gun for the Jetty Blue 100s video that I'm doing with LogRap. And I'm actually physically editing a bunch of those parts and you know being more hands-on And I want to have that time and that energy and not just mail it in. You know, it's a project we've been working on for, it's going to be almost two years, I think, on on a lot of levels. And it's starting to really come together and I just want to put my energy into that. So that's that's what the hiatus, that's why it's taken a while, you know. So this episode, it's going to be a little funky just getting back into the swing of things. It's going to be a little different than most in that we have two small interviews. The first interview I have is with Thomas Bexon of Thomas Surfboards. 
I was lucky enough to get a surfboard made by him as it were a bunch of other people. He's been shaping boards for a bit now and most notably everybody can see Devin Howard riding his boards recently and just killing it. And that's what got me to want to get one. You know, when I saw Devin's in person, I had to get one. So I have a little interview with him. I also have a little piece with Chris Chatterson of Holoholic fame and Speed Hall Co. Obviously, I love Chris. He's a great dude. I met him about a year and a half ago. I love talking to him. I love catching up with him. He went to the boardroom show and it's interesting to hear his perspective on it. So I have a little interview with him to having to do with that show. Then we have a couple of short takes. We have the El Patron video from Hallow Brothers about Izzy from the Mexi Log Fest. We have the Wheels and Wave Invitational video uh, from Hang Ten Magazine, which is another event. And some clips from the Deus Nine Foot and Single, which is the event I've been dying to go to and I hope I get the invitation. But without further ado, I want to get into some tracks and this time around, you know, I'm putting in a lot of new stuff in there and putting in some jazz. This is basically a mix of tracks that I just think are fun and are good for the summer and uh, get you thinking. So let's get into the tracks and I'll be back in a little bit with the interview. Peace. In my town, I can't cruise. Never fight dude with white spikes on dance shoes. The lame stuffer, bang the range fucker. I walk bars and guys became chain tuckers. Make enemies, make friends. I make money, money, make moves in the state pen. This is my slot rookie. It's not rocket rock, though, but hot drop cookies. Slap box niggas, free can of soda with the snack box nigga. The rest I can't tell ya, but catalog this shit is the best of Mandela. I tear apart guys, separate head from neck and call it the part time. What the blunt clock? Lick off a gunshot. Moffitt play big shot, shoot up them drug spot. Rule boys say fuck cop. Sean P and Buckshot, Buckshot, Slugs fly. Nuff man, I die for them tough talk. Drama hawk, these sharks, walk the walk. Bomb the spark, chuck them off, box them up, call them up. Leave who your king of kings. Some say, lot of laws. You spit the hardest bars, draw your sword, master the other war. If rock don't like you, buck don't like you. Fuck down, duck down, what a nigga might do. Black moon walk on him, rest in peace to Michael. RIP, fight from tribe, he in the light too. Hip hop heaven, you see the seven, that's the god. All praise due to a law, sun, moon, star. Some move bars, my nigga rock, move cages. It's only one buck, but I bust two gauges. Yeah, drive your bitch crazy with my stick shift. Now she gassed up, wanna ride on my click dick. Fruity with the Uzi, licking shots at the shot, but I'm bulletproof when I'm in the booth. Bumble Clyde, listen, if my nigga rock never said your name, that you claim you with the fam, you with the what the blood clot? Lick off a gunshot. Moffitt play big shot. Shoot up them drug spot. Rule boy say fuck cop. Sean P and Buckshot. Buckshot. Slugs fly. Nuff man I die for them t- 
tough talk, drama hawk, these sharks walk the walk, llama spark, chuck them off, box them up, call them off, leave who your king of kings, some say la da la's, we spit the hardest bars, draw your soul, master the art of war. Yeah, the most stereotypical Great ape, say it to your face No subliminal, straight craze Fucking maniac, act cynical Finish you, use a little nigga Raps minuscule Fuck is wrong with these niggas What in your mind to make you think I do what's wrong with these niggas I know hitters, pimpers and killers Lions, tigers, gorillas Leave you tied up for a scroller Won't fire till next December Salute to the founder fathers That broke you when you were told And saved you from all the Quarantine by the CDC, heads nod, pressure on your neck like a DDT, Beat Street, Waymo, spitting on your name, rhymes travel on the ground like it's written on the train, my position in the game, top dog, rock hard, fuck with everybody in your hood, just not y'all basic, live broadcast from the ER, we are, talk of the town without the PR, savagely attacked us, rap master craftsman, pack em in, twisting on the floor like a backspin, after him, y'all have to deal with the sun and deck. One of the best that hasn't done it yet Killer B, chopping up the track like a Dilla B Professor X couldn't test my ability I came the motherfucking roof like heavy snow Act like I told you before, y'all already know Yo, yo, ES reps, I wrote this in a GS Lex 95 to get that 90s vibe, my melody High and low fidelity darts, my whole team's having dirty like when Jeopardy starts I can't call it, unless we call my style diabolic, I'm a writerholic I drink ink till I vomit, I think till I'm catatonic And sink with a bag of chronic, I'm bringing the mad demonic style All these rappers wanted, I'm bizarre, but bizarre bars Got you like a scimitar, Wichita State, X-Man, I execute you, you a dead man God willing, I'm a not villain, getting top villain with my squad chilling Blood on the tracks like Bob Dylan Die like a mob killing. We already know the ropes. We be stepping over ropes. Andre the giant looking down at you local folks. Okie doke, motorized vocals. Yeah, in practice. Raised on a tape the same color as Galactus. <laughs> Or thrown in the back of the truck of sanitation I'm ruthless, my technique is Chinese torture No IVs hanging out of your vein to support you Everybody's talking about how the ghost caught you Have a five-year-old kill your ass for a quarter At Tony Stark's office, there is a new development Faces, wild cop chases, dark. 
world of all ages I saved the world, that's fucking history pages My woo crescent shines in the sky at night Watch out my eagle on my wrist, take off, it's a flight All my might, bright glass teeth that bright Ain't a bird or a plane, it's ghost in the mic Two hammers and a diamond blade sword Thicker than the Ford F-150, niggas couldn't lift me As if, stance mad stiff Metal face doom, beware he bear gifts Cab for the shift, overwork, overtime jerk Been worn, go for mine Play the wall like handball till his pants fall Crawl to last call Loose cannon, screw strip Off the rip, this one for the gipper Get chipped That nigga dig, don't tip the strippers Hold bonds and mask mats and slippers You in Starks, backpack of ammo Warrior said let your flags blow camo These dudes is toys like whammo Damn no chip paint driving on the gravel with the Lambo Blammo Maybe something's happening to me Rise to a 
occasions I like to engage in Rhyme entertainment I'm in a strange sense Out my mind Like outer body experiences I go the distance Foes be frozen fishes Broken dishes No constricted up Flow's precision They know he didn't That flow is different I chose to imprint my stamp So you dig it Pop, I live it to the peak Ignorance is weak Keep the lyric that I free Funk be weak and dunk it into the deep end While these sick fools fall and descend Watch this I got this For your optics All for your view and pleasure Wish you luck on your true endeavors Watch this I got this For your optics All for your view and pleasure Wish you luck on your true endeavors Watch this this for your optics All for your view and pleasure Wish your luck on your true endeavors Watch this, I got this For your optics All for your view and pleasure Wish your luck on your true endeavors Watch this, I got this What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 51. Hope you guys have been enjoying the tracks, what I've been laying down. Uh, Let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch, news, lots of other things. I'm going to start posting more and more stuff on there, videos, that kind of thing. Make sure to check out the full episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and links that we're talking about. So, who are we talking with this week? Two people, but the first person is Thomas Bexon. Thomas Bexon from Australia. Amazing shaper, shapes a lot of boards down in Noosa. Uh, I think his board shapes are revolutionizing the longboard game as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, I tend to go to more of that Australian involvement style. And you can see a lot of people starting to do that in California and other places. It just makes a lot more sense because it's a much more versatile board and you could surf it in much steeper waves and beach breaks and stuff like that. But this is an interview I did in the shaping room with him. So the audio is like kind of a little messed up. I try to clean it up a bit. Uh, when he was here in town shaping at a Josh Hall studio. Thank you, Josh Hall, for hosting us. We just talk about how he got started, what he's doing, who's writing his boards and that kind of thing. So I hope you guys enjoy. So where were you? Where were you born, and where did you grow up? Um, I was born in Sydney. Okay. But I only lived there for ten months, and then <laughs> moved to a farm out the back of um, two hours inland in Queensland, uh-huh. on the Sunshine Coast. And then when I was twelve, I moved to the Sunshine Coast. And is that when you got into surfing, or yeah, sort of before? Because my uncle lived on the Gold Coast. Okay. So we'd always go and visit him, and he'd take me, take me surfing and stuff. So as soon as I moved to the coast, I already had a board and stuff so I sort of got right into it then what was the culture like there like what what was the scene was it more of a shortboarding scene was it a mix um definitely way more of a shortboard uh-huh. scene um there was a small long bit longboard thing going on but I mean percentage wise it was heavily heavily shortboard and was that what you got into at first or were you into longboard um 
I think my first board was like a seven foot weird short board. Okay. But then yeah, I kind of got into longboarding straight away. I don't really know why. I was just it just appealed more to me, mm-hmm. and it, the surface always pretty small. It's not like we had pumping six foot tubes every day, so it right. kind of made sense to ride a bigger board as well. Mm-hmm. Were, who were some of those first people that you saw longboarding around you? Is there anyone that sticks out or? Um, to start with, just like a bunch of local guys from Alex, like the older older uh-huh. guys, Barry Coulter and a few other guys like that. And then Brian Weir, who had a local surf shop that I grew up, I was friends with his sons. Okay. We'd leave our boards out the back. He rode all kinds of boards and had old 60s old males in the roof that he'd let us ride. So that kind of made it be just having all those old boards to try straight away. Oh, and I got nice. into that. Like, as a teenager, I rode a lot of old males like 65 66 Australian things because no one at that time there was making those kind mm-hmm. of boards so you just get old ones and that that kind of got me into shaping because I wanted boards like that but to try different things in them but that sort of style of board that no one really made so you had to make it yourself because you couldn't get it yeah at that time it was pretty you know late 90s uh-huh I think yeah, Australia the sl- was a bit behind when it came to heavy single fin longboards. But even here, I mean, even like that era, like that time here, it still wasn't like there was tons of producers. So yeah, so I can imagine being slim pickings. Yeah, there wasn't much. Um, who, when you when you you know, you're basically shaping out of necessity in a sense. You're like yeah, and it was fun. Like I was just into surfboards, and so it was yeah, fun and necessity and. Did it, who, as a kid, that made them a bit cheaper as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people that I talk to who want, they shape because they want to ride certain things that they can't get, they're like, it's just cost effective. Yeah. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like when you're younger, you can't put that much money down. No way. I can't imagine if some 16-year-old kid nowadays was like, oh, I'm going to buy a longboard. I'm like, really? Your paper route or whatever part-time job you have, Amy, you're going to cover yeah. that. Like, you're going to have to sell <laughs> like. Donate blood every day for the next like ten months. Yeah. Um, so I, I hear that a lot, which is which is very interesting. Who were was there anybody showing you how to shape, or how did you like? Um, not to start with. It was just from what I'd seen in videos and stuff. Okay. And kind of like the first, the first start was really rough. So was it like looking at like YouTube videos of like, hey, this is how you shape a board kind of Yeah, thing? or not even that, just what you'd see bits in surf movies ah. and stuff, you know, little scenes in a shaping boat, but oh, that's how you do it. And then also Brian Weir, who had that local surf shop, uh-huh. they did like, a lot of ding repairs and that kind of stuff, so he gave me some pointers and helped me get the first blank. Oh, cool. And stuff, so I sort of, and then, yeah, it wasn't until a couple of years later when I started going to a couple of surfboard factories to get boards glassed or something and I sort of started learning a bit more off shape, real shapers. Mm-hmm. And was that, so when you were dropping stuff off to be glass, was there a major industry in that sense or was it just still kind of small, fledgling? Um, oh, it was big, like there was a lot of factories making a lot of shortboards and stuff around, but not any like longboard factories. Yeah, so what did they say to you what did they say to you when you were like, hey, I need this glass that's like three times the size of what you normally glass? Oh that they were alright with it. Like they'd done them before. Right. You know, back in the day and they still you know, there was still guys doing a few but and it was just sort of smallish factory, so they were kinda cool. Right. With it. Awesome. Um, now 
when did you start like not just shaping them for yourself but how did it come to a point of you seeing this as a business um sort of took a long time before i even thought it would be a business like it was just a hobby i started shaping a few for friends um i went to finished high school went to university and all through studying it was just kind of a hobby sort of thing of starting to do more and more and starting to get asked by random people at the beach oh, can you make me a board and then ended up finishing university and got offered a job at a surfboard factory to do dings sandy. which one uh, it's called the factory in Caloundra. Uh -huh. okay used to be run by paul carson okay the guy sort of made boards since the late 60s early 70s mm -hmm. um so then i've started to learn a lot more about shaping as well as building boards the whole way through. Spent, I don't know, four or five years working for him, sanding, polishing. Like learning the whole thing from top to bottom. Yeah, 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 start to finish. A lot of ding repairs and we were, so at the same time Wagner was making like those timber yeah. long boards and 10 foot, 12 foot, those kind of things. So I spent a lot of time sanding and polishing those. Whoa. <laughs> you know, do the checkerboard woodwork around the oh my god! all that kind of stuff and then yeah so that was good I mean I had an 18 footer one day I finished polishing and I was going to stand the thing up and Paul yelled out at me I was about to hit the power lines with oh the thing my god. I had to sand it outside and everything oh, after hours well, that's like a good learning experience and you're kind of like working on all these different like materials and that kind of stuff so it's like and every aspect of board yeah building. yeah it was good i mean i'm still you know it's nice that i know i can build a board start to finish i think mm -hmm. it sort of seems like it's a bit less common these days but yeah no there's less and less people that do it i mean it's it's you know a lot of people just do like one part of it you know i'm seeing it i mean there is a little resurgence like there's a younger crowd that's starting to go into this more backyard builder kind of method yeah. where they're basically they're buying blanks and they're buying all the equipment and they're doing it all in like one dingy garage in their backyard which is rad like you're seeing it you know i i i know that's how uh people like chris hall started getting into shaping and like um what's his name barrett miller like he's another guy here in california yeah. like younger kids like they're kind of going it's interesting to see that they're going back to that like they're they're, they're like barely in their 20s and they're like no no I want to shape how they used to shape like I'm just going to buy a blank and I'm going to do the whole thing myself yep. and like so it's kind of nice to see yeah that. that's cool I mean, that's how we did it learn to you know learn to do it before you go to job in a factory yeah which which makes sense uh, and so you're making boards for other people they're buying boards you know um, who are some of the people that helped in a way publicize your boards in a sense like when you started really making like like kind of a real go of it that who were some of the people that were like oh I'm gonna ride your boards and like people started seeing them um oh. <laughs> you can't make up any stuff there to start because obviously like like Harrison and those guys like they ride them now yeah I mean a good friend of mine little man uh -huh. um Mark Sharp I sort of grew up surfing with him it was sort of like I was making inboards all the time. Feel sorry, ended up getting a whole bunch of shit boards early on. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> and then just myself, I guess to start with, like I sort of was doing a lot of the old Malin longboard contests and mm -hmm. stuff at home. So I think to start with it was just that, and then a couple of young, 
local young guys that surf pretty good and mm-hmm. yeah I can't really sort of remember when I first started because that's the biggest surfing. selling point right like when you see someone surf a board like you're kind of like you see them like in the lineup and you're like oh I want that board because you know I want to surf like that yeah. obviously like that's a big selling point yeah I mean that's why it's like great to have people like I was saying like Harrison and like Devin's been riding your boards recently and stuff like that like people I mean that's what turned me on to it like I'm yeah. like, like when I saw Devin's board I'm like Oh no, I'm getting one of these. Like I saw him at Malibu, I was like, I was like, okay, which one is this one? What do I need to ask for? Like when this happens, like if I'm gonna go to Australia or I'm lucky enough you came here, I was like, this is what I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, kind of thing. Um, now with with the board building that you're doing from from start to finish, you obviously shape all different kinds of boards. But some of the boards that people are really, at least in the United States, getting very attracted to are your keeper model, the the high prologue, like stuff that's takes a lot of inspiration from like the involvement era yeah right did you did you see that as a trend hap- like how did that happen like in your in your space like was it something you saw and like oh my god this is something I should be doing or was it just a natural progression like these are the boards that work where we serve yeah it was just natural I mean when I first started shaping around 15 16 they were the boards I, the long boards I was riding mm-hmm. was the old old Hayden's old Australian involvement old man so just that's what they were and so I kind of just love riding those kind of boards and it was just a matter of refining mm-hmm. refining those to getting to where they might have ended up if they didn't start making short boards and chopping them down in length I guess like I think that point around 66 they were getting pretty close and it was just a matter of yeah spending a bit more time and playing with those designs and then I guess the last few years incorporating a bit of influence from outside of the involvement sort of style, you know, putting concaves in them and bringing in, I guess, a little bit of that Californian nose rider influence mm-hmm. in parts to it, but still having a big portion come from that sort of Australian design mm-hmm. sort of thing. I think they just they surf differently like those oh, yeah. kind of boards compared to a Nueva you know like they're, yeah. they're totally different it's not just about hanging ten and standing uh-huh. there no you, you know? can you can actually turn them yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can actually like cut back and set up I mean I remember like Chano was talking about what got me so attracted to that movement is like multiple reasons but obviously like the watching the Widzik movies and stuff like that really like yeah. that's the kind of surfing like I was like okay I can relate to this like I can't relate to like hanging on the nose for hours it's just not my thing and then I remember Chano talking about this whole like I think he called it like stab and set like this whole kind of like you just like like bottom turn quick like cut back walk really fast walk back and just keep doing that and yeah like, see you can't do that on those other boards and no you get on the tail and you just as soon as you try to turn you just your speed's gone mm-hmm. it's slow it's dull. yeah it's just kind of boring whereas yeah. that sort of involvement style it's just faster and I guess a bit of it's due to the waves too so mm-hmm. I think like especially Noosa and the, they're a lot hollower and faster yeah. so it really works and you can still nose ride you just nose ride in the right spot of the, the wave pocket. yeah you don't you can't just perch 10 on the shoulder but yeah. rather cut back and get back in that in the pocket in the fast bit anyway which is kind of for me like I look at it like technique wise is the more proper way if you want to say quote unquote proper it's just kind of like yeah 
you're doing it. You're not doing it to like show off. You're doing it to get speed on the board. Yeah, and you should be the, like seventy percent of the board should be inside the one, like yeah. in the wave, like in that critical section. That's what I love them. I, I just like you know I've got you know started getting into them and and Chano turned me on to them. And I've had like different iterations of that style. I think for me my the breakthrough moment was that someone actually in I was in North Carolina. I spent every summer there for a little bit and I was surfing there with one of my friends and he had a McTavish involvement. No concave, probably yeah. going back. And I wrote that and I was like, oh my God, this is like the best thing <laughs> I've ever surfed in my life. Like this is like turns and on these little hollow waves in North Carolina, I can actually walk on this thing and yeah. it's going fast. And it's like, so since then I've, I've been infatuated. That's why I ordered that, that board from you. Because also the way you described it, like, I saw Devin's, and I was like, I have to have this. And then the way you describe it, it's like, oh, these would be, like, if they stopped making shortboards, if they kept on going, this is my yeah. approach. And I'm like, yeah, this is kind of what I want. <laughs> um, do you see, what now with all these orders that you've had since you've been here, is there, are people leaning towards one style of board more than the other, or? No, it's a bit of a mix. Like, a lot of high prologues, a few keepers, and a few of the other different models that we do. What did you make for Tosh? What was that board? Uh, that was a step deck. That's step deck. That's, I guess, a bit more Californian-esque of the models mm -hmm. that we do. You know, a little bit, a little bit thicker rail, wider nose, flatter. You know, a little bit of kick flip in the tail rocker. It's a bit more. It's a Cali board. Yeah, yeah, but not. I guess it's sort of a, a half-half kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. it's still. I just can't get away from. The Aussie thing, I guess. The white point back. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's sort of a more in between. I just kind of figured it probably make a bit more sense for the waves here and for well, him. But mm -hmm. from what he's probably been riding, it's probably not a huge transition. Yeah, because I could imagine from some of the stuff that he's been riding, like it would have been like a big jump to jump to one of those like more involved stuff. Yeah, it is a jump for anyone because I started out on like a very Malibu style like like nose rider, and when I started pulling that nose in and stuff. Like every time I've got a board, like the nose has gotten narrower and the hips have gotten wider, and every time it is like a major jump. Like I'm like, whoa, this is like kind of crazy. But then after like ten times of surfing, and I'm like, no, this is this is way better yeah. kind of thing. Um, now you get a lot of, you know, we're talking about like Devin, Harrison, and others. Karina's doing some stuff with you. Yeah, making. Oh, she's. I think the first one we made like four or five years ago. She was in Noosa and just not enjoying the board she bought over with her. So just. Gave one out of the shop and said, "Yeah, try this," and she loved it. So it's like, no, keep it. Take. And then, yeah, I've been making her a few boards ever since. And we just sort of that first board she got, she really loved. So we just kind of tried to dial that in and get something sort of basically the same as that, and sort of get a little model going for her. Oh, cool. That. So yeah, she's just got one. There's one for me getting glassed at home. Oh, at nice. the moment, I just made one for Tom Murat who works for us and it's a really great little young surfer from home. Uh huh. So, sort of surf those a bit and get some stuff and then put them out there and see if people want to get on those as well. They're yeah. kind of a bit, sort of the same bit of a blend model, you know, it's got a bit of nose concave mm -hmm. but not heaps. Fair bit of rocker in it, pretty pinch rail. So I guess it's a lot more Australian style. Yeah. And, and sort of quite influenced too by the stuff Dane Peterson was shaping as well, mm -hmm. like, which is kind of Aussie influence, but right. with a little bit of California thrown in. 
He's starting to make boards again too now, right? Yeah, I caught up with him a couple of days ago on yeah. my way back down. He's been shaping a bunch. His back's better, so he's yeah getting motivated again. So Good, that's thank cool. God. Yeah, because I've been seeing stuff and I've been commenting on it and stuff. And because he doesn't live too far away from me, like he lives like pretty close. Yeah. So I randomly I run into him like it's the most random thing. I run into him in like Home Depot. <laughs> like he's always buying stuff for like photo shoots, and I'm like buying stuff for my house, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of this. <laughs> we don't run into, into each other at Malibu. We run into each other here. Um, and I saw that he was shaping, and I thought that was really interesting. I've never seen his boards. They're good. So, and then I heard that he's going to have a bunch of them at this one shop in Malibu, so I wanted, I'm just curious to check them out. Oh, which ad works? Yeah, yeah, at that place. Um, now, you know, how important for you is it to get feedback from these various surfers, and how much does that influence your shaping? That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty hard. There's a lot of great surfers. But there's not, I've found there's not a huge amount of great surfers that are also really good at giving feedback or mm -hmm. like super, you know, well thought, well educated feedback, mm -hmm. which is pretty rare. Like Harry's amazing for short boards, long boards, any kind of board. He's so dialed in and knowledgeable, I guess, partly from his time hanging out with Joel and just being a surfboard nerd. He's unreal with it. Devin's amazing at it just you know the sat knowledge and like being able to talk oh maybe the edge should be a few inches further up and you know you don't get those kind of details from a lot of surfers other mm -hmm. you know you can yourself but it's also nice to get second or third oh, opinions yeah. on stuff as well so if they understand it too if they understand like how to articulate that right like like they you might have a surfer that's like okay in their mind like oh this board doesn't turn as well but they don't know what would yeah. make it turn better but like someone could be like they can't hey. tell maybe the rocker line or the, mm. the rail line needs to change to do this yeah. they'll just go it turns better not as good it's faster it's slower whereas mm -hmm. you know Devin Harrison Tom Morat little grommet he's pretty good mm -hmm. a few other guys they can actually yeah really articulate the details a bit more which that's really helpful and then it also you know I can you make a board for three of them and you can get slightly different feedback from mm -hmm. each person and then you compare it to your own feelings writing it as well and then definitely helps get them dialed in and, and that's how you a model is, and i was gonna say and that's how you come up with your models in a sense like yeah that. so you know like the high pro log i think harrison and i had one or two of them each uh -huh. before he got a lane and i got a red one i've got home it's like yeah that's that's it now, like, yeah. the rock is right, you know, and it was shape one, all right, let's try it with a quarter of an inch more nose lift through, mm -hmm. or let's take a bit of volume out through the rail and the tail, just those little things, yeah, yeah now it's, it's surfing like the idea I had in my head now. Yeah, <laughs> which is like kind of, I could imagine, like, I've never shaped a board, so I can imagine you, you probably have the idea and the muscle memory thought in your head of how you wanted to, like, feel, and then it's like coming to that actual the manifestation of that as a physical object yeah. must be like, it takes, you know, it takes all these things. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, you look at some of these shapers like a Hank Bizak who's been doing it for like gazillion years, right? For them, they could probably like do it. Yeah. I'm sure that's part of the attraction to shaping, right? Is that like you're always learning and you're oh, hell yeah. that, that kind of thing. I'm always experimenting. Like, mm -hmm. I've got 20 boards in my head that I want to make for myself <laughs> and try. Can't really, it's not really cost effective. No, but, no. Yeah. Everybody would like to have that a yeah. space effective. Now, speaking of, of spaces, you have your shop um, in Australia, and it's kind of like, don't you have like a cafe attached to it, or how, how does it work? Like, it's Yeah, so we got 
like it's the factory where we build the boards. We've got the retail shop, and we kind of share the retail shop with a good friend of ours, who Malibu runs a barber shop. Okay. So it's just big retail store, one end. On one side, there's the barbers set up, and the barbers chairs, and all that stuff. And in the middle, coffee machine, and you know, it's not a cafe; it's just coffee and drinks. Like, and then we have that, and then surfboards and t-shirts and stuff, and a bit of a courtyard area. So, so people could come and hang out. Yeah, a lot of stuff. people come and hang out, and then attached in the same building, our friends run Pro Movement, which is kind of like they do surf coaching and like oh okay fitness stuff. Not like a gym where there's no weights; it's just all like strength based and mobility uh-huh. sort of stuff, and uh-huh. yoga and stuff as well. And then art gallery, a jam room, soundproof uh-huh. jam room. For oh, bands that's to awesome. Use. And a bit of a like shared office co-working sort of space. So uh-huh. we've got like a couple of desks for our staff to use, and then other desks that are rented out to people. So it's uh-huh. kind of like a you know graphic designers, creative industries kind of thing. They can work there, so it really creates a great little atmosphere. There's always you know 20, 30 people around. That's rad. I mean, probably amazing creative energy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's unreal. Yeah, it's really really cool for that. You just and. You want to talk to a graphic designer, a web guy, yeah. or anything, they're all right there. There's someone there, it's like, oh, I need this fixed. It's like, yeah. okay, how do I do this? Um, yeah, because you're doing, like, outside of the surfboards, like, you're doing a lot of soft goods that are really good. Like, the shorts are amazing. And, like, yeah, we've been just make just stuff we wear. and Which is great. Yeah. No, when you sent me the shorts, years. I was like, I've been wearing them since. So I'm like, kind <laughs> nice. of like, these are the best. Like, I was like, this is what I'm wearing all summer. Yeah. Um, and it's, not, it's nice to see, like, surf brands like yourself, where it's like, obviously the foundation is in the boards, right? But yeah. you have these other goods. Like, you know, you did a collaboration with the beer company. Like, yeah. you're doing stuff that's close to your heart. And then you yeah, it's, you know, drink a lot of beer, so it sort of made sense. Yeah. A good friend had a brewery around the corner. Like, so why like, not? Let's just yeah, do it. let's make a beer. There I want go. this type. There you go. It's which easy. is cool, because they didn't have a rice lager they were making, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to get that stuff here. I mean, a lot of companies here like do that. Like a lot of surf companies will do like these little like collaborations with breweries. Obviously, in Southern California, especially down here in San Diego, like the breweries, breweries everywhere. It's crazy. I mean, it's good. It's it's good. It's it's crazy though in a way because like a lot of it's saw it as like the gold rush. I think. Yeah. You know, like when when some of these like Saint Archers and some of these small breweries sold to like the big companies for gazillions of dollars, everybody's like. All right, I'm opening a brewery. This is going to be like how I'm going to send my kid to college. And they're just like ridiculous amounts of them. And they're just like, some of them aren't good. Like, I have a graphic designer that works for me. And like, he has a brewery. He doesn't listen to my podcast, so I don't give a shit. But like, his beer is like, it's not that good. And I kind of feel bad. I'm like, he's like, oh, I have a business plan. I'm like, maybe you should make a better product before you work on the business plan. Like, fuck the business plan. Um, but it's nice to see that, you know, it's something that in the US we're starting to catch on to. Like, it's. It, it seems like in Australia, and this is just my perspective, is that like Deus and like what you're doing and a lot of other people, like you guys embrace the whole picture versus like the problem I see like in the US, and we're starting to get there with some shops, is that they're very much like, we're a surf shop and that's all we have. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like boom and that's it. And it's like, no, it's like you got to understand the people who surf, they have a life that's outside of surfing, they do other stuff. Yeah. Like, which is like, I don't know if you had a chance to go to Daydream in Costa Mesa. Um, no, I haven't made that. So they're like, you know, they have like, they sell surfboards, they have a, a surf membership club, so like, 
for 50 bucks a month, you can access boards from the other library. It's like kind of crazy. They have like cool. halls, long boards, they have like everything. It's genius. Bonzers, like Campbell Brothers boards. Like yeah. Pretty cheap, 50 bucks a month. It's like nothing. And then they have a cafe in there and then they sell like vintage clothes. And, it's yeah. like, and then they have like movie night because you do events all the time. Yeah, right? we got a big courtyard space set up. Yeah. So yeah, it's sort of set up with that in mind so we can just pull down the screen, the projectors mounted to the roof. So do film nights and parties and stuff pretty regularly. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, I think it's something that like I'd like to, we, up in Los Angeles, we don't have it as much. Down here as you move south, you see more and more of that where it's like, oh, we're gonna have a movie night and stuff like that. Like up in Los Angeles, like this is surf shop and that's it and we close at six and you're like, uh, no, I don't, I don't stop thinking about surfing at six o'clock. Like, I still want to have something that I do with it and that's something related. So it's, it's, it's like we from afar, are watching all your Instagram feeds, at least myself, and I'm like, oh my God, I wish I lived there. I'm actually <laughs> hoping my wife's company transfers us out there. Like, I keep on saying, like, please, let's, let's move to Australia. I'm sitting in California. Um, but, you know, you, the thing with you shaping as well, like, you travel a lot. Like, right now you're in, like, the U.S., and you've, like, you, you've done, like, France and some other places, yeah. right? How important is that for your business to do the traveling, like, the traveling shaping part? Well, I think, I mean, it's really expensive to ship boards from Australia to either the US. Oh. Uh, next door. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just really hard and expensive to ship boards from Oz to Europe to America and stuff. So it just makes sense to go and build them in those places. Plus, you get to travel, you get to right. go surf in those places, see your friends. It's kind of a win-win, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's getting, it gets hard sometimes. You're away from the family and all that sort of Cause thing. Because what are you going to be away now, like two weeks? Yeah, here for two weeks. I go home for two weeks, go to Bali for a week, oh, home gosh. for two weeks, France for three weeks, oh. home for a couple of weeks, Korea for a week, home for a couple of weeks, Japan. Oh, my God. So it's, it's, it, gets pretty, it gets pretty breezy. And yeah. then when you're home, you're flat out too because you've got to, you know, shape a bunch of boards to keep the factory busy and ticking over while you're not there. So yeah, it's so it's like you come back and it's like, we're, it's not like you could like chill with the family. No, no, get home and dive straight back into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty rad. Every year I go to California, Japan, uh -huh. France. That's pretty awesome. You know, How's Korea as a market? Like, is this sort of... Yeah, it's starting to really be a huge demand from over there. It's um, sort of like a the new cool thing, I think, in Korea. Is it? Yeah, kind of, I guess, like, Japan was in the mm -hmm. 80s or 90s. Is there any, like, decent surf in Korea? Don't know, I haven't been there yet. I oh, just, so this will be your first trip. Yeah, from oh. what I've seen, looks not that flash. <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of small, gutless beach breaks. That's the longboard tool. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty cold, but pretty keen to go. From what I've heard, everyone... Raves about it. Sounds like fun. So. Well, it's I I I found I I tend to find that like in Asia they absorb these kind of cultures like surfing and music and stuff in this very like how can I explain it in a very passionate way. Yeah, they get really passionate. Yeah, about it. it gets me like like as a as a surf nerd myself. Like when I meet people from Japan like who are into surfing like. I'm on the same level with them. Like, where did we geek out on the same stuff? It's almost like wine geeks. Like, they yeah. go to Napa. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, did you see this? Did you see this picture? Did you see that rail? Like, you know. So I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, they get right into it, and that's been like the last twelve to eighteen months in Oz. Like, so many 
of them coming over on really? holidays to surf. Yeah, like, they'll come order a board before they come, pick up a board, wow. and stay for two weeks, and then go home. But yeah. And take the board home with them. Yeah. yeah. But That's yeah, smart. I really noticed that there's been a, a huge influx in the last one. And in Indonesia as well, that's heaps of them. Yeah, because also with India, it's like a lot of people are moving there too from other places. Yeah, there's a huge expat community from Australia particularly because it's yeah. so close. And, but California, America. Yeah, a lot of California. Yeah. Like, I know tons of people who are just like, they're like, yeah, I sold my car, I'm moving to India. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have a, a, an almost three-year-old, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to take her out of school and be like, you're going to grow up in Bali. Yeah. My wife would not be happy about that. Um, now, with traveling and shaping the boards, do you shape the models differently from place to place or is it very consistent to how you would uh, shape no, the models? Pretty, pretty consistent, okay. yeah. I think, you know, the waves vary slightly but the way the boards work mm -hmm. doesn't change. Yeah, because I've heard some people who do like a lot of the traveling shaping, like they're like, oh, when I when I travel to like the, the east coast of the US, like I make my boards like a little bit more rocker or if I go here. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of always interested like I've, I've always been interested in hearing what a shaper's take is on it like yeah each way and stuff no i think it's more depending where you go you tend to do more of certain models right you know you sort of go to europe do more of stuff that's a bit wider a bit fuller nose mm -hmm. a bit of nose concave compared to the full pinchy roll bottom mm -hmm. involvement sort of style stuff yeah so it just sort of varies more that way yeah, now it's like, like going back to what we were saying before, now it's like it's blown up here in California. Like everybody yeah. wants to like, that's what they want. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love it too, you know, because it's like you don't have First Point Malibu and First Point Noosa everywhere in the world. No. So you have to be able to like, like, like I surf, I primarily longboard beach breaks in, in, in LA County. Like yeah. that's my thing. And it's like a full nose rider is not going to work in like pitchy beach break. No. Does not work, man. Like, you need something else. I would wish that people would kind of see that a little bit more. Like, yeah. than trying to force this, like, square peg into a round hole. But I don't they, get there in time. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, enough people. And they see enough, again, going back to, like, seeing someone surf a board well, they see Devin and these people surfing these boards well at Malibu. They'll be like, oh, what's that board? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe you should get that kind of thing. Um, what are some of your favorite uh, shapers besides yourself that you that are currently around that you enjoy seeing their work? Um, I guess the easiest way is to think about if I didn't make boards, who would who, yeah, would, yeah. Buy, who would buy my boards? Yeah. Off? Um, probably get. Well, I've got a couple of perchos, uh -huh. so definitely for mid lengths and like that kind of stuff. Perchos, mm -hmm. you know, love the stuff he does. Here makes really nice boards. Um, I've got a Pavel. Rich does, you know. Oh, yeah. Some That's like one of those boards like you want to have, right? Yeah. Like um, I'm trying to think what else. I think I kind of half-ordered a board off Stu Kenson this trip. I'm not, oh, sure. I'm not sure if it's happening or not. I need to touch base and see. Find out. Joel didn't get a lot of boards from yeah. there. He got his whole, like, Hawaii, most of his Hawaii quiver from there, I think. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, Johnny Gill, Keo, he's been making nice long boards forever. And that, Isn't he out here? Or no. Or someone from Keo was out here. Yeah, right? I think Tom Payne was here. He's That's who going down to Mexico with which China. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he made the you know, similar sort of thing, the involvement yeah. style stuff. Yeah. 
Did Chano, did he, was, did you see him while he was here or no? Nah, no, I didn't see him. Because I guess he's going to, you know, and then he's coming back, I guess. Because we're trying to shoot him for, like, something we're, like, doing, so I was like, make sure you stay here for a couple of days, because you're just like, oh, I'm in San Diego today, but I leave tomorrow morning. So it's kind of crazy. Um, I'll make this short and sweet. Um, the last question I always ask everyone is, if there's one break that you could surf as your favorite break, which one would it be and why? First point, nose is pretty hard to beat. Uh, I mean, I thought that was coming. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard. It's right there. It's yeah. so good. I mean, could be more consistent. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's a great spot in the afternoon. Take the kids, kid down, chill out. It's not just for the wave, but then it's the wave as well. The whole experience. Yeah, I really need to get to Scorpion Bay one of these days. I've been wanting to go, I mean, I've, I've heard from like multiple people. I know, what is it, Josh's family has a place there? Yeah, his wife's family have a place like down a there. Like hotel or something? Yeah, and I've spent a couple of times, I've been in France, I've been there the same time as um, Larry Lamo, he's got a place down there too. Oh, okay. So one of these days we'll get my shit sorted and go down. Yeah. Noosa has been one of the places, like, I was actually supposed to go for my 45th birthday this year for the Noosa Festival, and then, like, I just, like, then I just kind of flaked on it. I was like, ah, I don't want to go. I also want to go when my kids, like, my kids in that age now where it's, like, she's not young enough that I could just drag her around everywhere, but she's not old enough to understand what she's experiencing. Like, yeah, she's in yeah, between yeah. age, so I'm like, I'm like, you know, why don't I wait, like, two more years when she's, like, really, like, understands what she's looking at? Because right now, when you take a kid to someplace, like, if you take them to the mall version of A Christmas Tree or the New York City the Rockefeller Center version of A Christmas Tree, it's the same shit. Same. You're not going to know any difference. Yeah. So if I take her to, like, Noosa now, we're to Malibu. For her, it's going to be the same shit. Yeah. She's going to be like, okay, it's a beach and it's a point break. and Totally. What, what Just started getting past that now because my son's like, oh, be five and a half soon. Oh, okay, cool. So now he's, you know, remembering uh-huh. those things get remembered and you can just kind of understand the relevance. We went to Europe at the end of last year. Uh-huh. And now, like, sees a picture in a magazine or something. He's like, "Look, after Triumph, we went there." It's like, "Yeah, we did." Like, it's cooler. Whereas we came to California like two and a half, three years ago. Doesn't remember. Yeah. Like, you'd ask him a question. Like, you remember seeing the seals on the jetty at Santa Cruz? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. so, uh, <laughs> I think you actually do? <laughs> but my daughter's good at. We've been taking her. We go to. to um, we do like. A, three weeks in the winter in the North Shore every year. And Shit. and we've been taking her since she's been four months old. So now that she's been on three trips there with us, she knows it now though, which is like kind of surprising. Yeah. We also stay at the same, we rent the same house on the corner, on the point at sunset, right on the point. And like, she knows it like, like every time, like last time we went, it was like really cute because like we just like drove into the driveway. And like, I let her out of the car and she like knew exactly where to go to go to the beach. And she went by herself right off the plane. And like the people we rent from, they live on the same property and they saw her and she like waved to them. She's like, hi. And she went and I was like, all right, she's getting there. It's slowly starting to happen. Like good. But with the Australia trip, it's a long trip. My wife is keen on us leaving her here. Because my wife did go to Australia a bunch of times when she was younger, and she's like, yeah. she's like, oh, she's like, I want us to just be able to like party and stuff. And like, <laughs> We're parents now; it doesn't work that way. Like, I can't just drop them off. Um, but anyway, um, anybody you want to thank in closing for what they've done for you in your career and stuff? 
Oh, everyone that's the the wife for being so supportive, and we always kind of thank the wife. Yeah, oh, hands down though, like you know, she stays at home and looks after the kid while I'm traveling around yeah. doing this stuff. So, yeah, it's hats off to her. Thanks, babe, for letting, <laughs> letting me do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for Thomas not just sitting down with us for actually producing a board for me i love the board he produced i got a 99 high pro log i wanted to get something a little different i ride something the black nail is very similar to his keeper model so i didn't want to just get the same thing so i got the high pro log which for me is a board that's going to work in much steeper faster bigger waves so i have my two long boards and when i've gotten it in some decent sized waves like at malibu it's amazing how it goes. It's super foiled and super fast and turns really well and you can get on the nose pretty fast. So thank you for that. But you know, thank you for shaping boards that are changing the paradigm out there for longboarding. And it's great to see a modern shaper. I actually thought before I met him that he'd been like trained by someone else. And it's amazing to see someone like him come from that whole YouTube learning thing and be where he is. So hope you guys enjoyed that. But without further ado, I'm going to get into the tracks and then I'm going to check in with you guys in a little bit with a little piece I did with Chris Chatterson from Holoholic. Peace! On the verge to be bonafide, authentic, head of my class. Stunts blunt, some say I can never surpass. Mommy said I got a choice, head of the ass. But I ain't thirsty, and sometimes it's better to pass. Some say fat boy got a lot of nerve. Cause I move with a swag, got a lot of verve. All I know is hustling, so I gotta serve. Drunk driving on the Deegan without a swerve. Cell phone in my right, blunt in my left. Behind a horse and frame, stuntin' to death It don't mean that I'm vain or want to impress It's just the way I move, I got nothing to stress Come on D-I-A-M-O-N-D-I-M Without no envy D-I-A-M-O-N-D My words are B-O-N-D D-I-A-M-O-N-D-I-M Without no envy D-I-A-M-O-N-D My words I used to be like you I stand behind my light tent And I see right through Look at the charm See yellow, see light blue See a man getting money Then you see right too Ooh, I'm back at it It's pragmatic Make you piss in your pants Like it's prostatic So don't get dramatic Stand at ease Cause I run with gorillas That'll blam your knees Please The authentic Truck authentic You skirt around in the heat That's authentic I'm a hundred percent You all rent it Keep a stack of Benji Freshly augmented Yes, so you can call it what you want I'm at the crap tables like call it what you want <laughs> Me and the team, haters can't ignore us I send them to the florist, help me sing the chorus D-I-A-M-O-N-D-I-M Without no envy D-I-A-M-O-N-D My words are B-O-N-D D-I-A-M-O-N-D-I-M 
without no N-V-D-I-A-M-O-N-D My words are V-O-N-D But I'm the uncut raw for your generation Work magic with terms like never before Hang dumb rappers, leave their head on the floor Drop hits for the hip-hop crowd that rock kicks and hats Crisp jeans and the whips to match Hardcore system up on blast Cop dip and stash, live now and forget the past In the street try to hustle while eating a meal Watching out so you don't get beat in the grill Cause the crossroads is deep Sleeping you will be the next runner up. I'm feeding the real to your eardrum, son. Start heating the drill. One time, this is what y'all feel, and I'ma still be. Like it's cell phone, son. Got black connections when we get in that Brooklyn zone. Let's take what they own and show them what the borough's about. It builds character so you're able to grind on your own. From minutes to drone, don't make it scar your grill. It can get real. We walk in the street like a star, shining bright like a car. Cats know who we are. We dance with walls just to see what the game is about. Speaking of clout, I know these niggas here, it's no doubt. Like F that, I adapt and I am back. Hey, these niggas talking crap, but don't know the facts. Like what's today's mathematics? You don't know 
get this slack. Love and the right way, the right way. The right way, the right way. The right way, the right way. The right way. You got the love and street. The right way, the right way. The right way, the right way. The right way, the right way. The right way. Gotta teach these fools the right way No matter what no one on you say Pay these dudes the right way So when I make my move the right way I'll be protected This God has been resurrected in a tight way huh. So whatever this God say We'll stick and stay mold minds like clay Yeah, yeah Now let's take a second to think What truly makes this world stink and all we on the brink of self-destruction A sick society, big brothers eyeing me huh? The devil keeps on trying me, trying me Making my moves the right way In this world of fake dudes Show and prove in this world of fake bronze Against all odds, give it up to the gods Heaven and earth, soul search for all that I'm worth Child of the light since birth Yeah, this one for the world in the last days Be true to yourself the right way Say it one time, huh? the right way Come on, the right way, the right way the right way, 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 don't smoke where the trees at, don't squat where you sleep at, do 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 stink, believe that. No love for court dates, that's what I'm on So even if I got the rubber on I'm still pulling out the pen for writing The thought of child support is like wildly frightening Caught up in between the means and the ends You might have to get the clapping like the theme from friends So just play the rolling, pay your tolling You can stay holding the bank rolling the firearm too Or go out like a porn dude But remember, I warned you There's only one beer left Rappers screaming all in our ears like we're deaf Tempt me, do a number on the label Beat up all the MCs and drink them under the table like it's on me Put it on my tab, kid, however you get there Foot it, cab it, iron horse it You leave it on your face, forfeit Across the mic, hold it like the heat, he might toss it Told her, tell him they stole it He told her he lost it She told him, get off it and a bunch of other more shit Getting money, DTs be getting no new leads It's like he eating watermelon they spitting new seeds. This the weed, give me some of what he drooping off. Soon as he wake up, choking like it was hooping cough. They grouping soft. First hour at the open bar and they trooping north. He went to go laugh and get some head by the side road. She asked him autograph her derriere red to wide load. This yard bird tastes like fried toad turd love villain. Take pride in cold words. Crooked eye mold nerd geek with a cold heart. Probably still be speaking in rhymes as an old fart. Study how to eat to die by the pizza guy. Know he's not too fly to skeet in the skis of eye and squeeze a thigh. Maybe give her curves a feel the same way she feel it when he flow with nerves of steel. They call a super when they need their back on plumbing fix. How is only one left? The pack coming six. Whatever happened to two and three? A herb tried to slide with four and five and got caught. Like what you doing, G? 
Don't make them have to get cutting like truancy. Matter of fact, not for nothing right now. You and me, looser than a pair of Adidas. I hope you bought your spare tweeters. MCs sound like cheerleaders. Rapping and dancing like redhead kingpin. Dude came to do the thing again, no matter who be blinging. Do it for the smelly hubbies Seeds know what time it is Like it's time for Teletubbies Few can do it Even fewer can sell it Take it from the dude Who wear a mask Like a tarted helmet He plots shows like robberies In and out One, two, three Nobody's please Run the cash And you won't get a wet sweatshirt The mic is the shoddy Nobody moves Nobody get hurt Bring the heat Like the boy done go on the wall He came in the door And everybody on the floor Whole string of jobs like we on tour Every night, on a score, coming to your corner store up everybody welcome back to volume 51 of the bodega board crew podcast i can't believe i started this thing about two years ago and i've only done 50 episodes so that's like one what every two weeks or something that's not so bad i know it's been a little sporadic lately but i can't believe i started that this long ago and really got to meet some great people and one of those great people i got to meet is mr chris chatterson chris chatterson's an artist out of rhode island amazing artwork look him up but he's the guy who does the holoholic account which a lot of people follow i know there's a kind of like 50 50 deal with hulls i'm a big fan i've ridden a bunch of them i think they're fun and as mike siordia says you know hull entry to v in the back is probably one of the best shaping inventions ever but anyway I sit down with Chris for our yearly catch up. We went surfing and we talk about his experience at the boardroom show and what he got out of it. So I'm here with Chris from Holoholic fame. Uh, what's that other thing that you do? I just started uh, Hullhead Speed Co. Okay, so so give everybody just a little background on 
both of those things. So about a year and a half ago, uh, I started Holoholic Instagram account, uh, only showing photographs of displacement halls, displacement hall surfing, and displacement hall surfers. Thank you. Um, and you know, I really just started it for my friends and I to look at photos and make comments, but it kind of took on a life of its own. And, uh, which I'm really grateful for and uh, I wanted to keep it that way but I also wanted to have a start another thing that would be more about uh, publishing and putting out like small run like t-shirts or stickers or buttons or maybe do a zine things like that so I started Paul Head Speed Co to do things like that okay and maybe even get involved with uh, doing some like art projects oh people. awesome like yeah, because we, we included your sticker in that one issue of the scene. Yeah. Kind of got the word out. But you're here in town for uh, the boardroom show. Yeah, which is great. Um, so I, I sent Kirk the, um, the whole Head Speed Co. logo and just said, hey, is this cool with you? Because he uses the skull thing for his uh, fins, and the, the skull itself has been associated with displacement hall surfing. Um, from a, from a very early uh, stage. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I... Eating this? Uh, yes. Yes, we're eating lunch right now, so <laughs> that's what you're hearing. But I, I sent it to him, said, hey, this is cool with you, this is stepping on anyone's toes, because I didn't want to come out with something and, you know, rub someone the wrong way. Uh, and he said, man, that's so cool, you should do a t-shirt. Oh, right. Like, All right, cool. And so... Time went by, and I, you know, doing T-shirts is expensive, especially when you're doing small runs, and it's, you know, it's just my money. I'm not, yeah. I don't have backers or anything like that. So I just kind of sat on it, and then about a couple weeks before the boardroom, uh, Kirk calls me. He's like, "Hey, do you have those shirts, the Hallhead shirts?" Oh shit! Like, I no, I don't. He's like, "Well, can you get some and, and come to the boardroom and have some in, in the little booth in, in the Anderson oh. booth?" I was like. It might be tough to turn it around here. He's like, well, I'm having shirts made and now with, with our printer. I can just, if you want to send him the file, you know, oh, that's it. do it. I said, all right. So he set me up with, with his printer, which is actually in the same building as the Anderson factory. It's, it's in the front oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, of the screen printing shop. Yeah, a lot of people are starting to use that. Yep. So it was them, and we did it, and I came, and it was awesome. So how many... Um, so the, the boardroom show, just so everyone knows, it's this annual surfboard maker event, would you say, in Del Mar? Yeah, it's it's a trade show, but it's not just for industry people. It's it's open to the public. People come, can come in. They have the, the shape off the, what's it, the icons of foam. Yeah, where it's like they basically they, sh they show like a famous board and then they ask like eight people or something to like replicate or come close to yeah. that board. Actually, shout out to my friend John Lopito that does Rosburn surfboards from New Jersey. Uh -huh. He was actually one of the uh, people shaping. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, because they uh, Ryan Birch won it, right? Yep. Yeah, they and I think that's what's. It. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not like a competitive person or anything, and I think it's like kind of weird, but the one thing I do think about that I think is cool about them that is they mix up the people that are in it, and it's some like legacy shapers and some young people, like like your friend I've never heard of, and it's like kind of awesome they give them that opportunity to kind of do that. Well, and they have someone like Steve Brom. Yeah. He was in it, like, what, 
Yeah. So. No, and they had some like heavy hitters, and I know Ryan Lovelace won it a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, he did the. It was the Lopez. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. Um, so, how many of these shows have you been to? Uh, this would be my second. Okay. I, I came out last year, which was last time we spoke. Yeah. Um, and that was maybe I had just started the Holoholic thing. Maybe it was five or six months. Yeah, it was pretty near. And I hadn't actually met Kirk in person, and I really wanted to meet him and shake his hand and just kind of introduce myself. So I came out, met him there. Oh, right. And for you, so for you to go to the show as like a consumer, basically, and a little bit of like a little industry because you have your own thing going on that's in the service. I'm not of the industry. Not I just want to make that clear. No, 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 I'm, no. Not, I'm not. I'm coming at it from the. I'm a civilian, and I, I have this. <laughs> you know, passion project, I guess. And, and it's, I guess one thing I want to say is any anything I've done, like, because I made some Holoholic t-shirts, I did um, Hex of the Convex t-shirts, it was because people were asking for it. Yeah. Like, no, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't start the Holoholic thing to, like, make t-shirts. Yeah. But people started asking, and, you know, the opportunities, like, the first t-shirt I did was one of the guys was a follower on the account. He was like, dude, I'll do this. This dude down in uh, Florida. He oh. did the first batch, printed them up. I actually oh, had some of them shipped here um, to sell to people. Oh, that's right. See. Oh. Yeah. So now... Um, Barbershop screen printing in, uh, in Jacksonville. Oh, nice. Close to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, so what do you get out of the show for yourself? Like, what? It, what's the attraction for you to go? Um to hang out and talk to people because uh-huh. I well you know I'm from Rhode Island I, that's where I live that's where I serve um, and I'm really kind of caught up in my day to day like when I go surfing it's like first thing in the morning I surf for an hour or two and then I'm into my life right and there's not a lot of um, hemming and hawing in the parking lot right like, I gotta go yeah. I've got kids I've got a wife yeah, yeah, yeah. work so it, it's I explain it to someone um, it's like well it's just a trade show I'm like no it's like Surfing condensed like everything you know about surfing. The people, the people, the personalities, the boards, the shapers condensed into two days. So you can come and like meet and talk to people, look at boards, uh, meet new people, you know, see like legends that you you walk. Like last year, um, Yater walked right past me. Jesus, what? Yeah, so and like. Being east, I'm sure it's like more common if you like live here to like see these people yeah, on yeah. the beach. But being on the east coast, you know, I only see them through media. You know, right. I don't get to. You know, these people aren't like we saw who uh, Andy Neblis and yeah. Tyler Warren today. Yeah, you're not going to see them, those people. Yeah, no, it took me a little like to what you're talking about coming from New York. Like when I first started, like like surfing spots around here, like that was a trip to me. Yeah, like to be like, oh, oh my god, like <laughs> these like, people are here. I was I was at. Um, old man's the other day just looking around like I only know this through like, surf movies and photographs right right or like things written in magazines whatever so, so to me it's like this legendary spot like yeah. it has a lot of importance yeah. like, this, uh, cultural signifier like mm-hmm. within Southern California surfing and then the surfing in general yeah. so like to be there and to be in that that structure yeah it's there it was the hot, yeah yeah it was amazing it was just like getting goosebumps yeah just being there and like thinking about the history and like the people that, that surfed there from the past and the generations now yeah we take awesome. it for, for granted sometimes like we take it like like even like something like the Malibu wall right we're yeah. just kind of like oh I just parked my car there 
Right. But in reality, it's like this is like a very special monument, you know. Um, do you so when you go to these shows, uh, do you order boards or do or like is it a place for you to like see boards for you to order or for yourself personally or is it something that like I don't know. It's it's a mix. Like I personally and selfishly, I go to like actually hold like feel boards. Uh-huh. I don't. I'm really skeptical of ordering a board just by seeing a picture on Instagram. Right. Um, I need to hold it. Mm-hmm. I need to see the foil. I want to see the rail. You know, I want to check the rocker in, in real and feel it. Because at least for me, I, I can understand the way a board will work more by touching it and yeah. feeling the contours with my hands than just looking at it. Right. So that's one part. Another reason, uh, way I go is I'm actually going for uh, recon for my friends. Just like, when you get there, tell me about this board. And so I'll like text back like okay it's this 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 it's this you know and then like okay tell them I want it you know like, okay so, so you're like a conduit in a way like for them like yeah. like for them to experience the show which is interesting yeah um, what is the best thing that you you saw at the show this year the, or at least the mo- most interesting thing for yourself ooh that's rough um, I'll, can I do two yeah yeah whatever yeah okay. there was an orange flex tail little designs MP in the in a little booth and then um, Gene Cooper's black V hull it's a seven foot V bottom hull that he had he's just starting to make them I think that was the first one and he's gonna um, it's not the it is part of the Cooper Carson thing he's doing now with Lance Carson yeah yeah Um, but those those few that he did um, just recently were Nine foot, more bigger, yeah. over eight foot, more traditional, like in terms of length, V bottoms. Yeah, with a lot of that late sixties influence, yeah. with modern tweaks and then the Gene tweak. Yeah. Gene has his own way of tweaking um, those that design. But so he started making these smaller ones, which interests me more. Um, seven foot, little over seven, little under, or little under seven. Which is kind of that sweet spot size, right? Like, yep. I think for most boards, like mid lengths, like not too small, not too big. It fits in, in the pocket well. But it was, it was still there when I went over to, to say hello to him, and I felt it. It was like, oh yeah, this is. So is it real? So it's like all hull up front, and then it goes to that V in the back. Yep, that's pretty rad. It, and it's his, it's his V. Yeah, it's yeah. like pretty it's severe. Sco- yeah, well, it is and it isn't. It's 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 actually really subtle. It looks more severe because of how he takes foam off the top. Yeah, that's what trips into it. Yeah. Yeah. When you see the top of that board, it's just like 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 it looks like some kind of what it reminds me of is like almost like a a custom car from like early seventies. Like when they were doing like a lot of weird fiberglass work, they're just like, Oh, we're just gonna add these weird spoilers. Like when I see the top of those boards that be it's like it reminds me of like a spoiler from one of those cars that was just like totally hand glass, like crazy. I look at that tail and I just think that's gonna fit perfectly in the pocket and it's gonna turn on a dime. Yeah, you're gonna be able to like just a little lean and it does it. Boom. I, I, I I haven't been able to sell my V bottom for two reasons. It's too much fun? One, I haven't surfed in a while, though. This is what's kind of gross. I haven't surfed in a while, but, yes, it's a lot of fun when you get it on. And then the other reason is my daughter doesn't want me to sell it. She said it's her surfboard. So well, then you can't sell no, it. No, no. Then when you, you can't tell your toddler that, like, you're going to sell her surfboard. She's going to freak out. Um, you're going to probably come again next year? 
Yeah, I would. Well, I'd like to come back before then and maybe do a project with someone or something. Okay. But I mean, for the boardroom show, so you've gotten a lot out of it. You've seen it two years in a row. Is it something you recommend other people go do? I think, I think it's a personal call. It, if you want to like see a lot of surfboards and, and surfing personalities in one shot, uh-huh. yeah, you uh-huh. should definitely go. Yeah. Um, I think if I lived here, like if I lived in California, I might feel a little differently. But being an outsider and just having like one day to like come in and like, whoa, like. Yeah, it's probably like like the stuff we're seeing all year long, like all these shapers, right? Yeah. We're meeting them, we're seeing them at this thing, that thing, their board is at this shop, it's at that shop. I got to talk to Mark Andrini, you know, again, kind of catch up with him for a minute. And then I met Brian Hilbers, which was a total, I ended up ordering a board from him, actually. What did you order from him? Uh, An MP. Okay, what size? 6'6". Nice. So we're going to glass it, roll in. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All clear, and then like minimal... Um, minimal logos. Nice. Yeah, he doesn't put too much stuff on his board. Like, no. I have I have one of his like I think it's a seven six that I got. Yep. Fun boy. He does good stuff. Um, in closing, what do you have going on with the, uh, your two projects that you have on your plate in the future? Right now, well, with with Holoholic, I'm just going to keep it the same. Mm-hmm. Like I think why I like it and what makes it work is it's just pictures of halls and people. They want to see it and look at it. And, and it's also kind of become a resource in a way, like someone will ask a question and if I can't answer it, someone else will chime in. And the, the people that are following it are, some of those people have been surfing halls since the late 60s, early 70s, you know? And some of them are actually part of the original little crew, you know? So they know what they're talking about. And you know, I want to thank those people, which most of them, I'm not going to name them because they prefer to be you know, anonymous, and they're they're just people in the world. Yeah. So I'm going to respect that, but I also want to say thank you to them for adding that you know level to to the account and, and the reason why someone would come and want to look at it. Yeah. But with the Hullhead Speedco, I'd like to you know develop it as a means to publish and dis- distribute things out into the world. Awesome. Well, thanks for sitting down with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. You know, I got to thank Chris again for hanging out and just being a really amazing ambassador of surfing and for halls in general and really highlighting this subculture of surfing that a lot of people don't know about. I think the thing that's really great about what he does is he really gets contact with a lot of people who are the real players in that world and he highlights them. The page isn't about him. It's really about the other people and all these different shapers and innovations and things they're doing. So thanks for sitting down with us, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to go to our site, bodegabordercrew.com, to buy some merch and support us and find out some news and check out some of our latest videos we've been putting together. Also, make sure to check out the full description of this episode on your iTunes player. But without further ado, I'm going to get into the last batch of tracks And then we're back for some short takes. Peace.
Welcome back to volume 51 of the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Yes, I am back, finally. And I hope you enjoy the tracks. I hope you like what we've been putting down. I want to be doing a little bit more experimental stuff, so expect the next couple of episodes to kind of veer a little away from the hip-hop thing. But anyway, let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.com, for t-shirts, wax, stickers, hats, whatever. You should pick up some stuff while it's still there. I only produce things in limited quantity, so if they're sold out, do not email me. Do not email me asking me, hey, are you going to get more of these? That's it. We only produce limited numbers of stuff, and the rest goes to our Japan store, and that's how we do it. But without further ado, I want to get into some short takes this week. The first short takes is this video that popped up on my feed the other day, which is from Halo Brothers, having to do with Izzy from the Mexi Log Fest. Israel's the guy who basically started this whole thing, and he's instrumental in building this event that everybody goes to and the event is kind of the event that like I wish we would have here in Southern California somewhere or somewhere else that I could get to a lot easier but the video is also loaded with a lot of surfing some of our homeboys you know we got we got Chano we got Johnny Pitzer we got some other people some of the crew and I would suggest you check out the link we have posted for you in the full description of this episode so you can see the video and get to know him a little bit and see a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes. It's a great party. It's a great event. It's awesome that Hallow Brothers put this together and I recommend you check it out. The next short take we have is a video recap of the Waves and Wheels Invitational that happened in Biarritz. This is another event that's really cool and very similar to the Deus events in the sense that they mix two things. They mix surfing and motorcycles and cars and stuff like that, which I think is amazing. The dirt bike surfing thing is something I don't personally indulge in. I don't get it necessarily, but I think it's really cool when two things come together. You know, there used to be shops that did it, but this is a little video recap of the event and a lot of the surfing and it looked like a fun event. It's always cool. like to just get people together you know the thing i like about most longboarding events is sometimes it's not about the waves and it's more about the people and the whole vibe that you're having here and these might not have been like the best waves in the world but these guys are having fun and they're supporting surfing and i think that's important so check out the link we gave you and i uh, hope you guys like that video the last short take is a couple of clips that popped up having to do with the nine foot and single event that Deus puts on. This event they put on every year in Indonesia is just sick. I know a bunch of people that went. I know Rosie went. I know Wes went. I know a couple of people that are talking about going and it always seems like an amazing event. This year, the waves were like huge, like fucking huge uh, for longboarding. And it's great to see people just go for it on these waves. A lot of people like to discount longboarding on bigger waves. A lot of times when it does happen, when you have the right conditions, there's nothing like taking out a single fin with a roll bottom out to like something really barreling and crazy. It really tests you, no leash, you're kind of just out there on your own. I think it's a lot of fun. There was a lot of good surfing there. Uh, Leah Dawson had a bunch of really good waves. Obviously Harrison, Sierra Lairback, uh, Rosie had a bunch of good waves. So check out the two clips we put. Deus, invite me next time. Invite me and I will come. I will fly out in a second. I would love to post up there, do some stuff with you guys. You know, 
My homie's at Deus. Make it happen. I want to go. But that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, I'm sorry I've been away. Uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life. And this thing is, I wouldn't say it's not a priority. It's right there. But I have a wife and kids and I have other stuff going on. And it's going to be a little hectic over the next two months as we make the move down to Orange County. You know, there's schools, there's jobs, there's all this kind of stuff. Luckily for my wife, her job is down there. That's a big part of why we're moving there is the commute's been killing her since September. It's just too much. And, you know, you're going to see a lot more of me at places like Church and Sano and Boneyards and also places like Swami's. Swami's is one of my favorite places in the world to surf. I don't know why. A lot of people laugh at me when I say that, but there's something about that wave and the way it feels and the way it looks and the whole experience that I'm so happy that I'm going to be less than an hour away. It's kind of evil in a way because I'll probably going be going there more than I typically go to like, let's say Malibu from my home here, which is about as long as it usually takes me to get over there because of traffic and all that stuff. But you know, I think the move's going to be great. I don't know if you guys have been noticing, I've been putting out more video content and that's something I'm going to be working on a lot more of and look forward for that in the future. You know, I'm going to be doing a, a clip for each one of our team members. So far, there's two out there. There's a bunch in the works. Firstly, I got to honestly get this Jetty Blue 100s video done and we're hoping to get it done for September. Now it's been pushed back a little because we could have put out an edit of it the way it was for summer, but Ryan and I were not happy with it since this is such a big undertaking for us. You know, we're really, we're really making this kind of our big calling card. And it's a video on the scale of a free jazz vein, uh, expensive porno movie. It's got that much content in it. It has that much parts. You know, we've been previewing two of the parts at some little film outings in the Outer Banks and in Virginia and some other places. And so people have gotten a sneak peek. But it's been taking us a little while and I think we're going to get it done for September. Coming on the radar pretty soon is the duct tape. There's two of them coming up. There's one at the US Open and there's one in my hometown of New York City in early October. I'll be at the US Open one and hopefully at the New York one uh, doing some stuff for Vans and covering it for Bodega Border Crew. I'm really excited that they're bringing it to New York. You know, Joel and Nolan really with these duct tape events have done such amazing things. And I'm so happy that surf culture is coming so hardcore to my hometown, not just with them, but the WSL is going to be doing one of their events in Long Beach. New York needs it. The East Coast needs it. You know, everyone I talked to on the East Coast and the Outer Banks and Virginia Beach, they were fucking amped that there's something happening in New York. Now, we know the waves kind of suck and that's why I never really surfed there that much and most people who surf there, they like to give you the, 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 the talk that, oh, the waves get good here. I hear that from people on like the Great Lakes too, so I equate it to <laughs> kind of that, but I know there's waves, I know it could be fun. I'm hopefully doing some stuff with them, there's some stuff in the works. Ryan and I are hoping that if we do get things done in time that we will show our movie in New York somewhere. And that'll be really exciting. If not during that event, during the WSL event. But anyway, that's really what's been going on. You know, I've been surfing a good bit and with the usual crew, as if you guys follow me on Instagram, it's mostly been Mike and Worm. And that's 
that's the kind of crew I like, and we've been surfing some secret spots and having a good time. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to be back in full force over the next couple of months. You know, just let me catch up. Let me get some of the interviews. But with that, I'm just going to leave you with our famous parting words. There's no need to bust a craze on a wave. Go out there. Have fun. I know the waves are a finite resource, but you know what? It's all about having fun. That's why we got into this. Don't stress over it. And try not to snake each other. Until next time. Peace!
Thank you.